You are now listening to the Sons of Swanee Sportscast. Somebody say oh my and give them dog six. Sons, welcome in to another episode of the Sons of Swanee Sportscast Spring Edition. Man, we're easing into the good weather. It easing is easing in. It is, and then we'll have a cold front that inevitably moves yes. through for our spring break to make sure everyone's miserable uh, while you're at the county fair. Good, good job on the spring break this year, though. Right around the same time as the opener of turkey season, so I ain't mad at no, it. So you're happy with that? No, yeah. I am not. No, I'm not. Hunter Abercrombie, along the way with our man, we already brought him in, Mr. T.J. Vickers. So I won't ask him what's up because he just told us what's we've, up. We've already done that. Yep, we have. This Appreciate week, habit though. <laughs> <laughs> this week's episode of the Sons of Swan is brought to you by our man, Mr. Kevin Green, at Farm Bureau Insurance, Life Insurance, Auto, Home, whatever you need. Give Ch- KG a call up at Farm Bureau. Great guy. He'll help you out. And, um, you know, yeah. He helped me out on my homeowners, TJ, because the old homeowners was about to shoot through the roof, but had a roof inspection done, able to move some things around, and now we're back into a reasonable territory. Got a boy KG. That is a boy KG. Yeah. But also, I can tell you, in my new career, if you don't have your life insurance in order, another great resource for that would be our man KG. And then that way, when something bad happens, you don't have to... Ask, you know, start a GoFundMe, which seems to be a lot of Ugh. people's life insurance. But anyway, yeah. yeah. I digress. Yeah. Speaking of that, like raising funds, speaking of that, well, okay, I'll, you know what, I'm going to get on a little rant here for a second because that just peaked into my mind and I'm not going to go there, you know what I mean? GoFundMe is a, guys, GoFundMe is a great thing. I understand there's a great need for GoFundMe. I also think there are bad people out there who take advantage of GoFundMe. Sure. Is that unreasonable? No, I think that's fair. Okay, very good. That's all I was trying to say. Yeah. But, Here's, here's something that we got to do better on, and this is just a this-generation, get-off-my-lawn thing. When I was young, when you were young, if we wanted to raise money for something, for a sports team, by God, you get out there and you bake a brownie or you wash a car. Yep. We don't post a calendar online and say, pick a day and give me money. Yep. Which is what we're doing That's now. Fair. No, no, no. No, no. Nay, nay. If you want Hunter Abercrombie to give you money, you're going to need to put forth some effort and not just have your mommy post, here's a calendar, pick the 30th, and pay me $30. That ain't how this is going to work. Yeah, that, Not up in here. That's, that's a lot easier. But I remember giving some pretty terrible... It's easy, but there's nothing... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember... What, you, what am I getting out of that? I remember giving some pretty terrible car washes to poor vehicles in the old public's parking lot. Or having, again, mommy make some uh, baked goods... And you sit out front of Walmart, and you just hound people yeah. as they come in or they come out, and you hopefully get some money out of it. I mean, stand at the roundabout and panhandle. I don't care, but That's, yeah, you're not going to sit there and play your Fortnite while I'm signing up for day 14 to give you money. I mean, this ain't, that ain't how this is going to work. Not in, not in, mm-mm. At least give me some Krispy Kreme donuts or something. Something. Out of it. Yeah, just give something. Me something out of it. Cookie dough. Yeah. Some effort. Something. Anyway, we digress. Right away, man. Yeah. Right yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy that posts. Anyway, we'll get into that later as well. So we got a lot to cover today because it's been a couple weeks. Um, you know, it's a shame, TJ, that, that it is this way. But we, again, I think, take the Swanee Girls weightlifting team for granted because we go down, traditional state champion, snatch state champion, do all of this without having an individual state champion, which yeah. I probably – I would venture to guess that Coach Shearer probably says, well, this might be the most impressive because of that very because fact. Of that right there, yeah. And so congratulations to the girls' weightlifting team. Just an incredible run continues. I won't be surprised next year if we're right back here. You think sure. to yourself, oh, no, we're losing Maddie Card or we're losing, you know, whoever, Alderman Tra- whoever ends up leaving. But, no, it's just wash, rinse, repeat. And, again, a state title for the girls and – here we are. Yeah, you know, that was something I was I kind of found interesting going into this year as far as, you know, what were we going to do to replace the guaranteed points that were Tyra Callendike and, and Maddie Marcy. It's like you can go ahead and pencil them in. Not even pencil. You could use a daggum Sharpie for all I care. At one, if not two. 
You know, so you had guaranteed points on the board at those weight classes, no questions asked. Now, Maddie Cart is a very great weightlifter, and mm-hmm. we knew that we would be able to count on her and kind of be like the leader, I guess, of this team. So we knew we still had that foundation that has been built by Coach Shear and Coach Marcy that, that was still, you know, very high in wrestlers. But like you said, Hunter, you know, we don't want to speak for her necessarily, but I, I myself find this one very impressive compared to the other one. Not that the other ones weren't impressive at all, but like you said, this one is just at a different level because it was – Maybe some whispers from other programs are just like, oh, well, when they when those get out of here, we'll see what Swanee weightlifting is really all about. Mm-hmm. Well, we still, you know, we get some rings. We get it fitted for some rings again this year. So congratulations to Coach Marcy, to Coach Shear, and all the weightlifters for, like you said, Hunter, once again becoming state champions. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to run down, and I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I don't, I don't miss anybody, but I'm going to do my best here um, to make sure that that we hit on everyone. And so, let's see. I'm going to get in here to the um, – we had Toby Peterson finishing second at 101. Uh, Cheyenne Morgan third at 110. Bree Rodriguez right behind her in fourth. Johanna Alisay in sixth place at 129. Um, I believe that was in the Olympics. See, this is what's difficult for me. We got Olympic and we got traditional. Sure, yeah. So, we're just going to throw it out there and we'll just mix and match whether it was Olympic or traditional. Um, Morgan placed second in traditional. Rodriguez was third. Alisea was fourth in traditional, and Peterson was fifth, um, which scored points. You know, so you got points coming, coming from both sides on there. And then you had Maddie Cart as runner-up at 183 in both events. Autumn Latrell, who we mentioned, another senior finishing second in Olympic and was third in traditional. Kayleana Cuffey, a junior. Kaylee will be back. You know, I mean, she's just going to have a handful of rings by the time she leaves. Uh, Runner-up at 199 in Olympic, fourth in traditional. Taryn O'Hara, another senior. She was fifth in traditional at Unlimited. So, congratulations to all the girls. If I missed you, I am sorry. Uh, We also had we had some other top ten finishers. I'm just going to flow through it real quick. Jordan Rodriguez, Maddie McMillan, Andalyn Lundy, Bree McCullers, uh, Catherine Lansford. Alicia Beauchamp and Kenzie Lang all placed in the top ten for Swanee. So great job, ladies. Several of them leaving, several of them coming back. As I said 17 times now, wash, rinse, repeat. We'll be back. Yep. Congratulations. <laughs> and, and like you said, you know, we'll we'll be back. You know, the the groundwork has been laid and girls are very interested in being a part of that weightlifting team and she's got a good group and like you said, yeah. we're we're losing some, but it will it will not be an empty cupboard by no means necessary come next year. No, we'll try to get one or two of the girls, kind of like we did a couple years ago, get them on and, and talk to them a little bit. Probably um, try to get Maddie, maybe get Kaylee, some of the leaders of the team on, and uh, maybe Autumn and, and see if we can have a little sure, round table absolutely. with them yeah, and let them talk about the experience because it is, man, it's impressive. You know, we take it for granted now, but anytime you win a state title, I don't care. And you'll hear a little bit about that in our interview with Coach Wainwright, Coach John Wainwright today with wrestling. You know, the the world is different than when we went to high school. The the high school landscape and where people go to school, you don't go to school in your neighborhood anymore. Nope. You go to school if you're in these cities at wherever presents the best opportunity for you to For that particular sport. For that sport, yes. And then you could transfer. And then we'll to just leave school. for another oh my what, gosh. Like, so when you have that, what high school graduation do you actually attend? Like what cap and gown do you wear? I guess the last one that you're at? I don't know. I mean, ew. Not a problem that I would ever have had. Yeah. I can promise you. I only want to graduate from one high school. That was it. That, that was enough for me. I just needed one, man. I just needed one. But like, I mean, say you do that. I mean, let's say you're a wrestler and you're at, okay, well, Jensen Beach. That's who won. Yeah, yeah. So it's you're a wrestler school. and you're at, um, I don't know, what's a school close to Jensen Beach? Let's just say that Nature Coast Tech is close to Jensen Beach. And you grow up and you go to school with everybody from Nature Coast and you wrestle for Nature Coast and blah, blah, blah. And then, well, Jensen Beach is over here winning titles. So I go win a title my second semester of my senior year at Jensen Beach. Yeah. Am I going to leave with a is Jensen yeah. Beach diploma? Like I don't know. Yeah. Ah, it's just kind of um, – everybody's got their reasons, man. It just is what it is. I don't know. Not for me. Not for us. But. Not for me. But anyway, we digress once Congratulations again. Congratulations to the girls' weightlifters. <laughs> Moving on to wrestling, and again, I buried the lead right there, but we're going to hear from Coach Wainwright later today. But the wrestlers, for the first time since 2005, yep. go over uh, to Weewa Hitchka. Weewa, the home of Brandon Jones and Blake Rish, former college roommates. Great guys. Not a big place, though. The metropolis of Weewa Hitchka. Go over and win regionals, defeating Wakulla. Uh, never a bad time to beat them in wrestling. Nope. 
And now we qualify nine guys for state. That will be this weekend, and we'll get into that a little bit more. But, again, you know, we talked about it in duels, and now we're into the individual, which I guess we can kind of break that down a little bit, how that works. But um, nine guys at state, and from listening to Coach Wainer, it sounds like a couple guys he thinks have a chance to make a run. Yeah, something that he mentions in the interview, he, he shoots it straight with you, for better or for worse. And if if there's excitement coming from Coach Wainwright's voice, it's it's deserved, it's earned. And so you, you'll hear for yourself, of course, but you, you hear the excitement in his voice, and, and he's – he says, hey, watch out for – I think he says three to five in the interview. Again, we're not going to try to yeah. give it away. But, but yeah, he, he will shoot straight with you. And if you hear optimism from him, it's warranted. So yeah. it, it was neat to hear where hear him talk about this upcoming state tournament for, for him and his guys compared to the conversations three or four years ago whenever he took over. Right. And, yeah, and so the difference being, you know, we talked about when we went to dual state – that's where you wrestle team versus team. And so, you know, whoever accumulates the most points in those matches of Swanee's 125-pound guy versus Jensen Beach 125, whoever wins that, certain amount of points, so on and so forth. This is different. This is kind of the old school, as you remember, a wrestling tournament if you've been to one, where you're wrestling as an individual in a weight class. The further you advance, the more points you earn yep. individually for your team. And at the end of the day, it all shakes out you know, first place gets X amount of points, second, third, fourth, on down the line. And so Coach Wainwright feels like we have a chance at a top five finish, which would be really good. As we mentioned, if this was 20 years ago, we might be talking about a chance for a state championship, Mm -hmm. but the landscape of high school athletics has changed. And so you have kind of those super teams, I guess you could say, just come out and say it, where people have transferred into different schools in an attempt, I get it, to better their future, but in turn that's going to equal a state championship for somebody that's not going to mean as much to, let's just be quite honest, or a school that it's not going to mean as much to. Not that it doesn't mean anything to those kids. I don't care who you are. If you're a wrestler, you're grinding, you're working hard. Yeah. But their school wouldn't celebrate that like a Swanee High School would probably celebrate yeah, I get that. that. I think that's fair. Yeah. So, anyway, again, get off my lawn. Quit transferring high schools. Is it? <laughs> There's nothing else to be said about yeah. that. I thought you might have had more after that. No, yeah. no, no. I'm hey, I'm proud of our guys, man. They you normally work yourself up whenever sentences like that are said. But no, no, I mean, no. It's well, just it's fine. no. Well, it's, conserve yourself. Well, I mean, it's like um, you know, it was several years ago when we went to the state semifinals and we played Godby, and were thoroughly beaten by Godby, who then in turn, because Godby had a bunch of guys from Tallahassee move into Godby. Yep. Okay. Then they go down to state and they play American Heritage and get throttled. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, the the American Heritage All-Stars versus the Tallahassee All-Stars. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. so it is what it is. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, besides, I can sit here and moan about it on a podcast that people in Live Oak listen to. So, hey, it's what it is. will be done. Makes me feel better. Yeah. Makes me feel better. All, yeah. Get That's it all right. out. So good luck to the wrestlers. Um, won't run down. You know, like we said, Coach, Coach Wainer, I mentioned, he thought some guys had a chance to make a run. I'm guessing, you know, based on past performance, the Austin McKinney yeah. would be one of those. Probably Brady Beam would yeah, be one of those. Yeah, I would say so. Um, you he, know. he doesn't individually name, but he, right. he he says three to five, and you know, yeah, well, yeah, you'll hear for yourself. Yeah, and I mean, we've <laughs> talked about it. We've talked about the rankings um, thus far. You know, you got those guys in the top five in the state. You got Austin Howard in the top five of the state. Yeah. Um, you know, Dustin Woods had a really good year. Aiden Kirby's another senior who has qualified for state for the first time. I know that's that's big for him. Um, it's big anytime you qualify for state. And then you have some of the younger guys as well. You have sure. Justin Contreras and Eli Jolliker and Marshall White going to be down there as well. And, um, you know, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. But just good luck to the wrestlers and um, get after it and let's see what happens. But I think a top five would be awesome. And something that we just talked about with the weightlifting team, you could almost say the exact same thing with the wrestling team. Yeah, sure, they're going to lose some some wrestlers, yeah. some high-end talent at that senior level. But, again, it's not, okay, we're totally restarting this program. The foundation has been laid. Again, like we just said with the rest, or with the weightlifting team, we got juniors, we got sophomores that are going to be very capable of holding their own, right. not only this year, but in the future well, as well. And, and, and having gone up there and watched a little bit, you have guys who didn't even wrestle in the postseason because somebody at Swanee is in that weight class yeah. who are still really good wrestlers and are going to have a chance to step in next year when some of these guys leave. Absolutely. And it's just kind of that reload mentality, not rebuild. You're not Absolutely. having to go. Yep. Yep. You know, and that was always the thing about wrestling that was so impressive to me with, with Coach Laxton 
is, you know, Coach Laxton could take a kid out of the hallway who and he had never wrestled. He literally would do that. Yeah. And, like, three years later, the guy's a regional champion. And you're like, yeah. what? How did that happen? Yeah. And so, yeah, good luck to them. But um, really impressive, man. A great year for them. I mean, a really, really great year for them. Best year in many, many years. And so hope they have a good run down there. And we'll keep you updated on that. You can listen into the interview, but follow along on track wrestling over the weekend. I think Coach said the finals are Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure you could watch online if you wanted to watch, but flow wrestling and track wrestling, those are the places to kind of follow the action down there in Kissimmee. Moving on, TJ, we had not had a chance to talk to either of these coaches yet, but we have entered my favorite time of year. Yep. The old baseball softball season. And so, um, I don't know. We haven't really hit on it yet. So, softball's off to a good start. I guess we'll start there, ladies, first. Yeah. Yeah, softball off to a 5-0 and start so far. We have a match. Actually, so we're recording on a Wednesday afternoon. There is a home match versus Game. Wilson. Game. Home game. This oh, is not soccer. Match. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Good God. Well, we were talking about wrestling. That's why. That's true. See, you, you're too sensitive about soccer. <laughs> you're too sensitive. Anyways, home game versus Williston. Uh, coming up, and Lady Dogs, like we just said, are five and zero so far in the young season, Hunter. But yeah, definitely exciting to see the girls. Yeah, these last couple of years, they kind of have a hard time getting going, and then it seems like about middle year, late in the year, they kind of start putting together a good stretch of wins. Or if you look at like a six, seven game window, you know they're six and two, seven and one, yeah, playing some really good competition, and then maybe just fall short of. of what an overall record you would think is a good record but really when you get down to it, it's like oh well they started slow had a strong close to the season but this year yeah i mean you can't do better than five and zero. yeah and you got coach greg gaby over there for the first yep. year and so you know greg hopefully i think greg will be there and i say that because his oldest daughter's an eighth grader so obviously you would you would think he'd yeah. he'd stay for stay that, that. Yep. and so has a chance to build his program um you know we got gracie watley on the mound she's young she's only a freshman but obviously has started off the year hot i know zoe hatch is also very capable out there in the circle and so yeah i mean off to a really really good start um scoring a lot of runs i saw last night what was it over gainesville 16 to 4 16 yeah to four, or that was monday night okay yeah, yeah. No, and you look at some of the names on these schedules. You see Buholt, Santa Fe, Gainesville, and you know Bradford, you know whatever. But you know Hamilton County, we we can kind of we don't want to disparage our neighbors to the north. Oh, but, we do want to disparage uh, every chance we get. But you know, defeating them and and softball is doesn't mean as you would much, hope you would doesn't mean would as hope much you as you know having games versus Buholtz, Gainesville, and Santa Fe that you come out on top. And like right. I said, Hunter, we're, we're we're hitting the ball pretty well, but we're also keeping runs off the board as well. So it's exciting to see a fourteen to one victory, a sixteen to four win. So not only are are we winning some games with 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 runs, but obviously we're we're keeping runs off the board too. Yeah, and got a manageable schedule. Um, you know, playing a lot of the local teams, which I always like. I always like when we play teams from around here. Give yourself a little barometer of where you are. But um, yeah, primed to have a pretty good year it looks like, and um, best of luck to the girls. I want to get out there and see a game to kind of yeah for sure. You know, I don't want to say like oh this girl. Well, we know Zoe Hatch is going to be a good player. We know Haley Law is a yep, good player. Yep. Having been at the middle school and watched Gracie, you know, she's only going to get better and better as she grows, you know, from a freshman on. Sure. And so look forward to getting out and seeing them. I have seen the baseball team. And so, um, you know, we I know we lost last night to Santa Fe. I was at the Yuli game. And um, baseball team, man, it's going to be interesting. You know, we talked about Coach Wainwright being blunt and, and shooting it straight. And that's when we come on here, I want to be able to do that, you know, because, I mean – well, let's just be honest. I mean, that's what we're here for. I'm yeah. not, that's why they pay us the big bucks. We don't get oh, paid anything for, for being uh, positive for the sake of being positive. I, I think, and we said coming in, you know, you lose eight seniors. Yeah. You have three starters transfer. Actually, you have three starters, three or four starters transfer. And, uh, anyway, you lose about 12, 13 players. You're basically replacing your whole team outside of Easton Kirby, Ethan Layton, and Braxton Green. Yeah. Everybody else, P.J. Davis played a little bit last year as a JV guy. Now he's coming up for his first varsity action. So whether or not the the player is a senior or a junior grade-wise, varsity baseball-wise, the experience is very, very little yeah. on the varsity baseball team this yeah. year. And so I think it's going to be a battle for them. Um, having watched them, you know, we're limited. I wonder, I wonder where the production offensively is going to come from. Um, you know, for instance, in the Yuli game, Easton starts on the mound. Now I will say uh, – I will say on the mound – you know, Easton's going to give us a chance. Ethan's yeah. going to give us a chance. Yeah, yeah. and you got so a pretty good one-two 
punch right there. They're going to give they're, us a chance. They're going to keep you in the games. They're not going to overpower people. Yeah. Um, I was, I've been very impressed so far with, with Ethan, with Ethan Layton and how, you know, it's just a mentality. I mean, you know it would be. Easton's a tough guy, tough-minded kid. The thing, I, I like how Easton Kirby goes about his business. He doesn't jaw. He doesn't rah-rah. He doesn't do any of that. He just goes out. He does his job. You know, he doesn't say anything. It's just him. Very, very consistent. Very, you know, just right down the sure. middle. Here's, I'm going to go out, do my job, and I'm going to go do something else. Ethan, kind of the same way. He's not fiery. He's not rah-rah. But he had a big hit, almost hit a two-run bomb that would have put us in the lead against um, Yuli. Ends up, you know, taking a tough loss. And I say a tough loss because the run that he gave up in the seventh was an unearned run. And so, you know, we just – the. The offensively is where is this going to come from? Yeah. So in the Yuli game, PJ didn't hit, Easton didn't hit. So if PJ and Easton don't hit, I question how are we going to score runs? And so my fear is, and I'm I'm not breaking news by saying this because I said it directly to Coach Bruce. You know, and we were having a conversation later, ran into each other, whatever. The fear is, or what you don't want to do as a coach, is change the things you do in an attempt to manufacture things that aren't there. Basically overcoach mm-hmm. because we feel like if we don't do something, then the production is not just going to come from a from a double in the gap, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. So we maybe get outside of ourselves a little bit, and I think that's the thing that the coaching staff is going to have to watch is don't get outside of myself by trying to create something more than I need to. Sure. There's going to be times, of course, we want to bunt. There's going to be times we want to hit and run. There's going to be times for all of that. But I think you're going to have to be careful with all of that in the flow of the game. If the game's close, I think for Swanee this year, we're going to have to try to stay in games and then late maybe we try to do something like that. We're not going to bash our way to wins. We're not just going to bludgeon people like we've done in the past. We're not going to strike out 15 guys a game. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to play defense. We're going to have to have timely hitting and play small ball. We have not played good defense in the games I've seen. We've played very poor defense. So if that doesn't change, we're going to have a hard time because our pitching is not such that we are going to strike out a lot of guys. There are going to be balls in play. If we don't pick it up, it's going to be a struggle. Sure. And, and something that you mentioned, you know, with, with P.J. and Ethan specifically, P.J. is the top-of-your lineup kind of guy. Ethan, probably three, four, five hole hitter. Right. You know, depending upon, you know, how, how well he's hitting. But like you said, if P.J.'s not getting on base – to apply a little bit of pressure because we know he's got some speed that he we could take advantage of. Right. But if, if PJ's not on base and, and the middle of the lineup isn't coming through, that bottom half of the lineup is not a turnover lineup. No, you're you're not going to have that eight nine guy get on base where it's back to the top of the order and then okay now we can have ourselves a crooked number and have a big inning. Right now that that's just not the kind of team that we are. But it's a very young team. Coach Bruce has done a very good job, him and his coaching staff. And, you know, as much as we talk about this is a new team, well, at the same time, we need to realize for for his coaches as well, this is their chance to kind of figure their way out and figure out what works best, who's the best nine guys out there, what should the batting order potentially look like. Yeah. And and they're still maybe going through some growing pains. I think that's fair to say. But I, I trust this group of coaches with this young talent team that they'll be able to figure something out. Well, so, okay, so you mentioned that. So let's just take last year compared to this year. So last year, your eight, nine hitters were Kobe Campbell and Malachi Graham for a lot of the year, right? I mean, give or yeah, take. Yeah. Kobe might have hit sixth. He might have hit yeah. seventh. He might have hit eighth. The Malachi, upon, yeah, yeah. eight, how nine, hot wherever. Not, how hot or not they were. If Kobe was in the lineup now, Malachi was in the lineup the, now, those they'd be two, guys. three yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the difference. So exactly. just to give you an idea, I mean, when Braxton started a good bit last year, Braxton was hitting nine hole. Braxton in the nine hole on that team last year is outstanding because now Braxton can flip the lineup over. Sure. If Braxton's hitting nine hole, you know that's a good lineup. Now Braxton's going to be counted on to hit two hole, which he should. Braxton's a senior. It's his time to be there. But that just gives you an idea of the difference in the lineups. And so, yeah, we're going to have to do some things different. We're going to have to try some things. One of the greatest things we've done so far is we've got a freshman out there named Noah Lopez who's just absolutely killing it. And so you're learning – Ideally, would Noah be on varsity right now? No. But, I mean, we're holding our own and then some. So that opens up opportunities. And what I would also say is you've got some other guys like that. So you've got a freshman named Hunter Watson who's just hurt right now because Coach Marcy tried to, you know, break his leg lifting weights. It's Coach Marcy's fault. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, Dan. 
Don't come after us. But, I had nothing to do with that. But anyway, coach. so Hunter Watson's hurt. So he's a freshman who could step in and maybe give you some at-bats later in the year if he gets healthy. We know we have help coming from the middle school next year. And so say all that to say, and again, it's not being mean. It's just the, the reality of the world and of sports is some of these guys who are playing this year, you really better work hard and you better perform because if you don't, there are freshmen coming who yeah. will take your job. Yeah, and, and something – you know it's a different sport, but it's the same kind of situation. In 2006, whenever I got to Swanee High School, we for soccer, we had just had a really dominant run of all three years there at, at Swanee Middle School. And the, the high school had been a fairly good team, but they had a lot of guys graduate. I think like Cullen Boggess was basically like the one guy that stayed from, from that group. Well, in 2006, and the, the head coach at the time was Frank Johnson, and he's talked about it since then with me. He said, look, we could have left you guys on JV. You guys could have gone probably 20-2. and two. But instead of it, we just knew that the best 11 probably involved six or seven of the freshmen. Yeah. And so myself, Marshall Boggess, Trip Pravat, Austin O'Connor, I mean, Jake Hayes in goalkeeping. There was a lot of guys that – we were basically extended eighth graders more so than, than varsity level mm-hmm. players. But we it was a full youth movement and now we went three and nineteen that season. But by the time we got to our junior and senior season, I mean we, we had only conceded I think in our senior year we only gave up four or five goals in the run of play for districts and were the district champions and you know went to bowls and beat them on their home floor. And really I, I say all that to say there there is a learning curve with some of these younger players, but let's see maybe in a couple of years yeah. down the road how beneficial it is. Because by the time, and the reason why I'm bringing up you know, my past experience, by the time we were midway through our sophomore season, you couldn't tell us anything that you, you couldn't present a situation that we hadn't already put ourselves right. through. And, yeah. and that, that there was beneficial to that because by the time really our junior and senior season, we were so confident and so ready to go. And the continuity was so good with us that we, we knew we were going to be fine. Yeah. And I'm a big, like, I'm a big PJ Davis guy, not only in football, but in baseball. I really like the way PJ works. I like sure. PJ's demeanor. I like his athleticism. So he's a guy that, but he's a guy that's going to have to play well for you to win. PJ's going to have to play really well for you to win. Easton Kirby, Ethan Layton, Braxton Green are going to have to play really, really well consistently. And that's putting a lot on those young you men, but, but, but it I is mean, what that, it is. Yeah, that, that's the reality mean, of the situation. I'm not breaking news. I mean, if you have eyes and you go out there and you watch, those guys are going to have to perform. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else from game to game is going to have to perform. It doesn't have to be the same guy every game, yeah. but somebody's going to have to step up. Connor Thompson's going to need to ha- give you quality innings on the mound. Yep. That's going to have to happen for you to have a good season. And I think you ask yourself, well, what's a good season? Is it the final? Final Four? No, that doesn't mean that's no, a good that's... season. For a senior-laden team last year, yes, that's the goal. For this team, the goal may be something different than that. May, the playoffs may be the goal. That doesn't mean you can't reach them, but if you're going to grow throughout the year, we have to clean things up, and we have to have the expectation of being better, I yeah. think is my whole – if you want to synopsize it, because we have not played well thus far. And so if you're Coach Bruce – if you're not playing well, I'm going to give somebody else an opportunity who who will. Yep. I don't care what grade they're in. You yep. being a junior or senior does not that give you nothing. a right to yep. a position. No, it should at all, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't be that way. It, it should. Yeah, yeah. It's a, like you said, there's a lot of un, unproven talent, and you got to figure out the best nine, and you yeah, gotta, you got to put them out there, and and kind of you know with the defensive errors or, or whatever else that maybe some of this, these young guys are going through. Well, the only way they're going to get through it is with playing time. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's the only way that they're going to be able to find their footing and get through it. And I think you'll see it with PJ and some of these other guys as well. But, you know, it, like we said, it's, it's a lot to expect from PJ or Ethan or any of these other guys. But you know what? That, that's the reality of the situation. And, yeah. and, and that's just how this year is going to go for us, most likely. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see. I don't know what we got next. Did you have it pulled up? I know I probably should have asked you that. We had Santa Fe last night, yeah, so and I know we, have, we go to McClay to play an Alabama team this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So it's a neutral side game against Baldwin County, which is out of, out of Alabama. Like you said, that's this Saturday. Yep. And then we do like, – we return to action next week, but they're both both games are on the road at Santa Fe and at Buholz. Oh, boy. Next, our next home game will be Tuesday the 14th versus Union County. Okay. So next home game is the 14th. We got Union County at the Doghouse. All right, good deal. All right, so, TJ, moving on. I think that wraps us up Swanee-wise. Flag football hasn't started yet. Track hasn't really got going yet. I think flag football, they have their first match. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, but um, we have started college baseball, so we had talked about wanting to preview quickly the Knowles and the Gators, and then we'll get into our don't be that guy. Okay. Both teams off to a good start. Yeah. 
you guys have definitely faced a, a tougher competition so far going on the road to yeah, TCU, TCU, taking two, yeah. two or three. I mean, was TCU impressive. Com- coming in with the top ten. They were number eight at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys and they'd were unranked. And then, yeah, take two or three. Uh, very close to a sweep. Yeah, uh, that that Sunday game, you know, that was a very winnable game for you. But coming in, winning Friday, Saturday, and then TCU salvaging one of the games. Now that puts you at what fifteenth? I think that in college fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, yeah, I some, think that's what somewhere in there. Us. But I enjoyed watching. And you can you can break down a little bit more because you 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 know know some of these guys. But it was kind of exciting to me to see Florida State kind of start feeling themselves again a little bit. Yeah, I think these last few years, these last couple years at least. They they've kind of known it. <laughs> they're not that good, and they kind of just have been sputtering. But I think they're kind of enjoying themselves, and and maybe maybe has something to do with Link Jarrett and the way that he presents himself. You know him better than yeah. I do, of course. But you know he definitely has instilled some confidence in this team. And they were there was a few times, and I we mentioned this right before we started recording, Hunter. I, I'm really looking forward to the Florida Florida State games this year because there's a couple times where I'm like, oh look, Florida State's talking, and. Yeah, and Florida, we're, we're we're no Tennessee volunteer no, by no stretch of the imagination. God. But by we'll God, get into that. We're, shortly, we're not yeah. just gonna you know look you in the eye and shake your hand on your way out and say, "Hey, hard fought match." We we might you know DM your girl and talk a little smack <laughs> on the way through. DM your girl. So I, I just saw like a couple things that happened, and I'm like, "Oh, my man, BT Rapel will not stand for that." <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to again. It's stupid. But and I have a suggestion for you at the end of this, so, okay. so I'll let you get into your Florida State preview. But then I have an idea that I want Ooh. to steal from what I saw during this past weekend yeah. of college baseball. But go okay. ahead, FSU baseball. What can we expect? Well, so from what I have understood, so I do I know some guys around the program. So yes, I I played for Link Jared at Mercer. He was our recruiting coordinator, and so he wasn't my position coach. Obviously, he yeah. was the hitting hitting infield guy. I was pitcher, but. Anyway, he was our recruiting coordinator, and Link was analytical, and I may have said this before. He was analytical before analytics were like a thing in baseball. So if there's one thing Link's teams are going to be, it is buttoned up. Like, he is very regimented. He is going to be – you are going to do things a certain way to play in that program, and his teams are known for for throwing strikes, for playing defense, for giving you tough at-bats. Those are kind of what you would see, and I think the TCU series manifested that. We didn't strike out nearly as much. Yep. Defensively, it's going to be it's going to take some time. This doesn't just flip overnight. But um, Jaime Ferrer was on fire. You had some timely hitting. He's playing some freshmen. Thank you. Yep. Oh, Cam Smith is going to be a monster hitting a two hole for us. Good God, and he is huge. But that's a young team. I mean, your first four or five in the order are all freshmen or sophomores, and then you got the Florida transfer carry on, who's off to yeah. a good start. Yeah, but. Okay. It's going to be a team the, – the question I have with Florida State, which it, they did very well with this weekend, is going to be the starting pitching. So the way Link has structured this is your two most proven arms, Wyatt Crowell and Connor Whitaker, are in the bullpen. And the thinking behind that is, is again, it's kind of that analytical new thinking. You don't know when the high leverage situation in the game is going to come. It may be in the ninth inning. Yeah. It may be in the fifth inning. So having one of them available – to come in at that high leverage, this is when we need you, bases loaded, one out, you know, two-run game in the fifth, we may need you now. And then having the opportunity to maybe use them twice in one weekend, I think is the thinking behind that. And so, but that does hurt your starting pitching. It doesn't hurt your starting pitching. It it gives you different starting pitchers, obviously. Almost like like an opener. Yeah, Yeah. an opener. Now, Jackson Jackson Baumeister had a great start Friday night. The freshman Arnold did not on Saturday, and then Carson Montgomery had a good start on Sunday. So it all manifested itself and worked itself out well. But I can tell you, this is what I can tell you. There will be a plan in place. Link will have a plan and have thought through every situation. And talking to guys around the program, they say it is a very different vibe. They say the vibe is much, much better. Um much looser Link's going to challenge you. He's going to say things either in the media or even to you that kind of challenges you and says, like this weekend he said, yeah, we're going out to a super regional environment. Well, in my mind as a player, you know, that's kind of now in my head that I have to really Mm -hmm. be on my A game if we're going to be in that kind of environment. So, anyway, that's where we are. Looking forward to the season. Uh, Mercer comes to town. I'm going to get to go to that one in May. So that will be fun for a three-gamer. Bears not off to as hot a start. Eh, eh. 
been a little rough for the Bears so far, but you know I know everybody comes for the Mercer baseball. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, we'll get into that more. But um, yeah, and I watched a little bit of the Gators this weekend too, and that's that that offense. That's always been my thing with Florida. They've always been able to pitch it. Yeah, I've always thought they were limited offensively. I don't know that that's the case this year. Yeah, and, and it's funny that you're talking about how how Link sets up his bullpen, if you will, for high leverage situations where okay, we need our best arms to get these outs here. That's kind of where – that's the only question mark I have for this Florida Gator team. You're going to be able to smash it. You're going to have great starting pitching with Brandon Sproat unexpectedly coming back. Harrison Waldrop coming in as a great, yeah. or as, as a transfer. And then Caglione the, the, was the, on the Sunday. Sunday starter, there, there was some conversations. Would it be Brandon Neely? Would it be Jack Caglione? There's a, a Pierce Coppola. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. a 6'8 freshman that hopefully will be good to go by um, the start of SEC play. So we're about a month out from that. But most likely he was going to be the Sunday starter. But for now, you know Friday, Saturday starters, that's, you know what you're going to get. Jack Caglione so far has been the Sunday starter. The problem that got us last year, the year before, and so far in this early season against lower competition nonetheless too, it's been the relievers. Who are going to be the guys that you could really count on? And I think for now, like we talked about with Coach Bruce, you're just kind of throwing guys out there to see what sticks a little yeah. bit. I think I think Sully Sully's not Sully's not afraid to do that right now. I mean, you want to talk about playing freshman? We have a kid named Cade Curlin that's supposed to be a senior in high a school. Senior in high school, <laughs> yeah. and he's batting leadoff for us and hitting Oppo Taco grand slams. So he's not afraid to play young guys. But the relievers are going to be the one thing that we kind of got to figure out. Well, I, I, a la the the USF game, the midweeker. Yeah, I mean, you're up you by up, seven you or up six. Seven runs. Yeah. You give up seven runs in the ninth inning, and that's the only defeat that we have so far on our resume. And you know that that just can't happen. Now a midweek game, you're playing younger guys. As well, it and is. you could have you already burned through. You our, burned Neely the day our, before. Our, yeah, our closer. So you, you kind of saw the the A team not getting any work from that. But again, you would hope that the guys that University of Florida recruits is going to be better than the guys that USF right. has, has going for them. But they they treated that like it was a must win game. They came away with it, and yeah, I mean, you score however many runs that you score. You shouldn't have to worry about it, giving up a seventh run, ninth. Right? No, that's games. that's yeah. But but yeah, I mean, I'm excited about this season. I'm excited about this team. Jack Caglione is going to be such a star. I mean, yeah, he, he's, he's close to a hundred miles an hour off the off the mound. A left-handed guy, nonetheless. And I think he's already hit eight home runs this year. Well, I mean, hit just, three in one game. Just absolutely <laughs> smashes the ball. So I just love watching him play. That's that's probably my favorite player right now. So I'm very excited about this team. I think anything less than hosting Super Regionals would be a huge disappointment. I'm actually going to be going to a Florida baseball game, going down a friend of the program, Coach Jason Jackson, and the – Crimson Tide of Alabama will be there in a couple weeks. Okay. I'm going to yeah. go down on a Thursday night. So it's, we, a, it's one of those Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. Yeah, okay, I got you. I guess I'm not sure. Maybe they put the, – I think they put a Thursday game on the SEC Network, which is yeah, why they I do that. They, so. I think they kind of start doing that for, for primetime races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To kind of get the prime some, time. To get, to, get some better, to get some better views on it. But hopefully uh, – my wife is 34 weeks pregnant, so I'm not sure how this is going to work. Not well. We are going, tell you. We're going to the game this Saturday versus Miami. Oh, okay. But we're sitting in the grass, and so her getting – up and down. So if the water the breaks, bathroom. it'll go downhill. Well, I mean, we're, our doctor's in uh, Gainesville anyway. So yeah, you're already there. You know, hop, skip, jump away. Yeah, it's all but, good. But uh, I didn't really think that one through with her sitting on the grass. And But the seats were way too expensive. They're like 160 bucks Woo! For, for Miami. I saw the Florida, Florida State game in Tallahassee. It's like three weeks away, already sold out. Yeah, it's gonna I mean, be it's gonna be live. Okay, so here here's what I saw this past week with uh, – with North Carolina and East Carolina. And this is my suggestion I like for East Florida, Carolina. Florida State. I like Cliff So we have talked about this enough that we, we hate the midweek games that Florida, Florida State have to play. Oh, yeah, because, terrible. Because we don't really get Awful. a chance to see our one true versus one. Our true you're one. not going to see Baumeister versus, versus Sprode on no, Friday. You're, you're, yeah. not, you're not going to see that. You're going to get our fourth or fifth kind of guy yeah. going against up a against a freshman against know, a whatever. sophomore. Yeah. yeah. So – to avoid that situation, if we could go to a Friday versus Friday through Sunday series, I, I would prefer that you and I have both talked 100%. about One hundred percent. So what I mentioned North Carolina, East Carolina for East Carolina hosts it the Friday Saturday game. Uh-huh. They made the short trip to Chapel Hill and close out this series on Sunday with North Carolina being the host. So that is one team hosts two, one team hosts and the next one. team. Yeah, the next team hosts the season uh-huh. or the, the the finale on Sunday. Yeah. 
We could very easily do that. Oh, yeah. For Florida, well, Florida we, we used to do that. It used to be a four-gamer. It used to go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, two and two. See, That's I how it used I, to be. I wouldn't want that because, I mean, that's assumed Florida State's going to win two, which they haven't done in quite some time. But I wouldn't want to split. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get I that. want someone to win. I want someone to lose. Yeah. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather lose than, than tie. Or we could go Friday, Tallahassee, Saturday, Jacksonville, Sunday, Gainesville. You could do something yeah, like that. I mean, or was, Booster Field. We're hey, right in the middle. How about that? Right there. <laughs> just, just a shortstop. The on Country I-10. Boy Special. Yep. The yep. Busy Bee presents Florida, Florida at State. The Holiday Inn Express. Everyone, you know, everyone yeah, gets their own great. level. Yeah. Brown Lantern can cater. Oh man, we're on to something. I mean, the Sons of Swine does a live broadcast. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Come on, man. Why? I mean, we're here fixing the game. Who's not going to that? But that I, I thought that was cool because. Uh, the East Carolina atmosphere is just insane. Yeah. And, and oh yes. And it don't matter who they play; it's insane. But especially like when North Carolina or someone like that comes to town. So I just happened to have it on just because that was the best game at the time to be watching last week. Yeah. And the broadcaster mentioned whether it was Friday or Saturday, I can't remember. I love ESPN but, Plus. But I they love said, watching the games. Yeah, oh, me too. And and they said, you know, we'll be closing the series up at North Carolina on Sunday. And I yeah. thought that was really cool. So I, I I'm relatively new to college baseball so i didn't know that was kind of a thing yeah. for other teams to do that. i don't care but i think that's feasible obviously for florida and florida state to do from well, we got to get it out of the midweek man it's awful it's awful it's awful and i mean attendance wise we're not hurting no. like you just said we're already sold out the jacksonville game always sells out and i'm sure the florida game is going it's hard for a sellout for florida just because of the the berm and how many people can sit yeah. in the berm but i'm just saying but, if you're gonna do the jacksonville thing or the tampa thing that's fine but and I get you don't want to travel that much, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you. We got—I don't care when we do it. We got to get it on the weekend, or got, where we do it. I should say it. it's got to be on. Got to do a weekend, and like we play Miami. I mean, that's a non-conference. And we opponent. do too. We have, yeah. we, but you see, that's a conference opponent for y'all. We have, we play Miami every single. But year we still as, play them every as a year. non-conference yeah. opponent, and it's either home. We or should, away. and we always play them early in the year. Like, we, like I just said, this weekend we're welcoming Miami to the ballpark. Yeah, you know, so it. That's just how it works, and I, I would love to see Florida, Florida State actually have their horses go up against each other. I mean, the, a win is a win. Don't right. get me wrong, but right. I, I'd rather see Brandon Sproat outduel whoever you guys your number one, mm-hmm. or you know, vice versa. Or okay, we we lost to their number one guy. Right. You you, know. you find out who the better team is. I mean, you go. Up, I don't I'm, know that you find out who the better team is in the midweek simply because of the pitching that you're going to see. Sure. And that, that's, that's all. That's my biggest problem with it. That's all. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you roll it out there, wins a win. You're gonna it seems well, somebody's like gonna get bragging rights. It yeah. does seem like it would be a high scoring game, especially with it being a midweek game with with some of I the think, arms that you would you yeah, would run into. It seems like it's gonna be like a, could be. a 11-8 final score. Right. You know, yeah. What is your take uh, on the pitch clock so far? Are you a yay or nay? I, I, it really doesn't make any difference to me because Kevin O'Sullivan and his pitchers have always been on a pitch. Well, that, it makes no difference always, to me. He's always done. And but I, I'm and talking I also love, about the major. I love league. it. I love it as, yeah. a, as a change of pace. I, I love it. Get in. I don't think Manny Machado will ever have an 0-0 count. Right. This entire year, he will always be down 0-1, like he said yeah. himself. Well, and I was you know kind of on the fence because I don't like how and and my group text had a conversation about this. I think it takes away a little bit of the cat and mouse on the base pads and things like that. Yeah. But when true, you watch true. when you watch a video and ha- it's half screen and one screen is a full inning being played before Pedro Baez for the Cubs threw a pitch. A whole inning a whole half inning was played before he threw one pitch. It's kind of like, okay, I get it. And you know, there there's so there's there's some interesting And I do things. I think it keeps the defense on their toes exactly, too. Exactly. Exactly. I think there's going to be some interesting adjustments. Um Number one, you you aren't allowed to just to step off anymore. Right. What you have to if there if there's someone on base, you, you have only to get step two, off and you, you, could, you have to throw it to that base too. Right. Right. Or they, I think it's a ball. Ball. Or they call or it a ball. Yeah. We're, we're still kind of learning as it is, but it's going to be touching. But something that Jeff Cardoza mentioned on the Florida broadcast that I found very interesting and I hadn't thought about yet. He's a big Atlanta Braves guy, just like yeah. you are, and he said that he's been talking to some of the Braves guys for for spring training. The pitcher and the catchers are working on basically deking, deking a, a, bail, a bailout. Well, well, a what, bailout. He, what he was yeah. mentioning was a bailout pitch where, okay, there's three seconds left on the pitch clock. I don't have a pitch from you. What is our go-to, go-to. pitch? Yeah. yeah. 
So I think and that's going to be different for every guy. And, and yeah, so you kind of have to work that out with your catcher, right? And, and like you said, depending upon the guy and depending upon what they like to throw, well, what would be your go-to? What would be your bailout pitch? Like, okay, we communication is breaking down. It's three seconds left on the count. I can't just give up a ball to this guy. I got to throw something. What is that pitch? Yeah. So I found that interesting because I well, had thought about the that. game that ended that everybody was up in arms about, where the Braves spring training game ended in a tie because of a violation on the batter, full count, bases yep. loaded. They said. Well, what happened was the catcher was still standing, and mm-hmm. like so, he thought, "Well, the catcher's standing, so they're not yeah, ready." Yeah, he walks off like he thinks he he's thought going to first he base. was getting ball four. Yeah. So that's another take they were saying. The Braves were saying after that game, there's going to have to be something where the catchers can't deke the batter. Sure, sure. You know, that's just stand call. there and all of a sudden, oh, squat catch. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's going to be. And what are you going to do in the playoffs? Are you going to end a playoff game like that? Mm. I think in the playoffs you throw it out the window. Uh, maybe, maybe a longer clock. In, yeah, in playoffs, I think in the playoffs that, you gotta you like because like you said the the base path and, and someone on well you on, got bigger bases someone, now someone you on gotta, second base you know how often can you check on him how right. big of a lead is he allowed yeah, to get I don't know that in the playoffs I don't know that in the playoffs I get it because you know baseball thinks oh we're too slow people aren't going to watch I don't know that anybody news coming in to watch. Maybe they are. I just, don't know. Yeah, maybe they'll just, stay with it. Because, but yeah. I think in the playoffs, you're going to have the ratings anyway, and so maybe you just play straight uh, baseball. So maybe maybe this adjustment is someone for someone like me. I love college baseball. I will watch yeah, college baseball all, all day and all night. Yeah. MLB, snooze fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the best thing to fall asleep to other than golf Yeah, for, for a good afternoon nap. But you might lock me into a Braves game or a Marlins game just because I know it's going to be done quickly. And I'll if, get a if you give me two and a half, the other thing they're this talking 162 about, 162 is the big thing for me. Like I know, like we're playing three games versus Miami this weekend. Someone's going to win at least two of them. Yeah, you know that that's going to decide it. I, I can't, I can't get down. with Well, the, whole the other thing they're going to do is start starting games like at six twenty, six thirty, so they're done by nine fifteen. So Absolutely. families can go or you can watch on TV and it's not 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Absolutely, yeah. So, so anyway, I know we've gone along with that. Okay, so last thing for the day, don't be that guy. What you got? I've got two. Okay. For the love of God, Arian Foster, do not be that guy. You're going to come out here. And you know what? This is a very old one. The last day that we recorded, the last time we recorded, later, like that, that, day. Af- later that afternoon, that's when that soundbite came out. You mean, Come on, man. The NFL games are rigged and you get a script? Yeah. No. The script. No, man. It, it, the Illuminati, man. They're the running script. everything. <laughs> I'm telling you. The script writer has gone crazy This is this confirming year. the things I believe. And I, I just love the memes where it was oh, like yeah. the Detroit Lions fans, you know, seeing this year's script again and they're going <laughs> 0 16 or whatever. Or like Dan Orlovsky said, oh, yeah, I remember like the script told me to run out of the back of the, the, back of the end zone. Of the end zone. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Get over yourself. Yeah. So just please don't be that guy. So that yeah. that's, I know it's an old one, but that had to be that's said. Your one. That, that fired me up. That's your one. I've got two. I have one other one, too. Oh, okay. My first one's me. Um, and I want to preface this now, so okay. because I'm I'm saying this to get it out there. The reasoning, this is like I'm getting in front of the issue before it comes up. Okay. Okay. So at Swanee Parks and Rec, Uh-oh. we play like ten or twelve baseball games, right? So in those ten or twelve baseball games, because it's you know rec baseball, you're basically going to get three at bats per game maximum, maximum. So you're going to get anywhere between thirty and thirty six at bats per year. In half of those at bats, you're going to walk. Yeah. So we're not getting a lot of run. So in an effort to help that a little bit, some of us are doing a very, very small, very small 10U little baseball team to play two or three, four maximum tournaments on a weekend, on a Saturday. Not Saturday, Sunday. You are Saturdays. some feathers, my friend. We're not staying in hotels. We're not spending money, but I guess technically it is travel ball. So I do have to preface that Hunter's kid will be in a uniform. We're playing one-day tournaments. We're just doing it to try to get some more at-bats, a little more development. We're not caring if we win a little plastic ring. Kids are going to play all over the field. But I have very much bashed travel ball in the past and will continue to do so. So say all that to say, here I am. I looked in the mirror. And said, and "What I'm can I do?" Start a travel ball team. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not the head coach. I'm just my kids out there. We're trying to get a oh. couple more innings, a few more at bats. That's all because we don't get a ton. Your reasoning is: if we sad. played 20 games at Swanee Parks and Rec, we would not have to do this, but we don't. We play 10. Okay. So go ahead. All right. So go ahead and give me your second one too. Oh my God, dude! Well, you mentioned it before. Listen, 
I get games can change, the world can change. And if you stayed with us this long, just give me like three more minutes right here. I know this has been a long episode, and I apologize. I don't apologize. Heck with you. If you don't want to listen, don't listen. Turn me off. I don't care. I apologize for that. I apologize for nothing. nothing. <laughs> the talking and bullcrap in the not just in college, in high school. The Yuli game, it was terrible. I don't I don't care. You can say, Oh, you're calling out a high school kid. The right fielder for Yuli is going to get somebody on his team hurt because he doesn't shut up every pitch, there is something directed at the other team, and then we run off yelling, who's crying now? Who's crying now? I'm just telling you, 15, 20 years ago, that would get you hit between the shoulder blades on your next at bat. And it should. The game has to police itself a little bit. All this back and forth talking, you were talking about Florida State's guy doing it. I watched Caglione wave to TCU or to Cincinnati's dugout. You see, you have the Tennessee Volunteers who are douchebag central, it is gone way too far, man. Yeah. Shut your mouth and play the game. Shut up. I'm not saying there's not a time and a place for that. If somebody's doing some chirping and you get a big strikeout, that's why I told you I like Easton Kirby so much because he doesn't do this crap. Yeah. But we get into it too. I'm not saying we're innocent because we're not. We get over there and yell a bunch of crap. And I'm just being honest, man. We haven't earned the right to do any talking. We had that conversation a couple years we ago. We did. Whenever, like, every I'm, time we like, get a I'm single, regurgitating. They, 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 they yes. throw the water bottle up in the air. I'm regurgitating you know? past points, but dude, it is so out of control. Yeah. It's not just in high school. It's not just, it is high school, college. And I'm just telling you, man, if our kids tried to do it, I would. I'm talking about kids at the wreck. I would just, oh my God, I'd lose but my mind. With your travel ball team. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You gonna bench your kids on your travel ball team? You're 100. That's a great life lesson. Yeah. It's a great life lesson. It's like when the kids get out there and get a lead, and the pitcher's going set, and we start like clapping. No, man, quit that crap. Yeah. That's bush league. It is bush league. End of the day, don't care. That is the terminology for this. It is bush league, and there needs to be a price to pay. Yeah. Oh, Hunter saying to throw at kids. Yup. Somebody there. That is the way this game has worked for a hundred years. Somebody, you're gonna run your gator like that. Either don't get mad when it comes right back at you, yeah. or do something about it. I'm not saying hurt somebody. I'm not saying we're going head hunting. I'm not saying anything about that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this has gone way too, way too far the other direction. The seesaw has broken, and somebody needs to. Somebody on a team needs to step up and deal with it. That's what I'm saying. The thoughts and opinions. On but if I'm a coach, if I'm a coach, no man, like this is, or the County School If I'm District. a coach, if I'm a coach, <laughs> and my kids are acting that way, that's on me, man. You got to shut that crap oh, yeah. down. Yeah, that's fair. that's on you. Your bush league. And you're know, like, let's go back to like we talk about like where I mentioned I saw it, like Florida State doing a couple things, but that excited me because I'm like, oh man, that's gonna make Florida Florida State a lot more interesting. If, so like you guys on a road, if there's a reason, exactly. So like you guys on a road versus a top eight team. Link Jarrett said this is a super regional type environment. I can understand being fired up. I can understand kind of being kicked around these last couple years. But in the third have, inning, but you have you you have excitement and joy, and so you know you kind of feel like you've been left out. You have. I hit a good. double to with two yeah. outs in the third. I but, didn't just cure cancer. But look, just man, run I'm, to second and stand there. I'm trying to call just, time. Take I'm off all your to justify armor. Justify what Florida State did. So by God, it's just not let, justifiable. It's stupid. But what? But I, I understand a lot more what Florida State did at TCU versus a big time opponent than Caglione throwing up two fingers because that was his second home run versus Cincinnati. It, it's it's just, the Bearcats. Like the coaches I mean, just on, let man. it go. No, you let you do that versus Florida State. I understand. I'm just going to give you an example, and this is my last thing. I know we got to go, man. We've been long. When I was a senior in college, we were playing Stetson. And I know this is this is just for me to prove a point. I'm not trying to be like, yeah. look at what we – one of our, our hitter, our catcher, it was 2-2 two to two in the sixth. So this is a big game. It's a conference game. He hits a bomb. And when I say a bomb, he hit a two-run bomb. And when he hit it, when it came off the bat, somebody in our dugout said, "Woo!" just like that. Next top, top of the seventh inning, we're up now 4-2. to two. Their little sawed-off leadoff guy who was a really, really good player hits a single between first and second. Ground ball single between first and second. On the way to first base, he yells, Woo! Right at y'all in the dugout. We like cleared benches, man. Yeah. Nowadays, that'd be like the tamest thing that happens the whole game. That would be. But we're all in each other's face about that. Yeah. That's – it's just – I'm not saying the game can't change and – and there can't be some of that. It is way over the top for a bunch of dudes who have not earned it. Yeah. That's my point. I'm, Ronald Acuna Jr. can do whatever he wants. Yeah. 
Dude playing right field for Yuli cannot. I'm okay with that. I'm out. I'm okay with it. I'm out. I'm, I'm done. Good. I understand where you're coming from. But, you know, I, I, I'm more okay it's with ridiculous. it. It's ridiculous. I'm more Tennessee, okay with it. Tennessee, in, in I hope they situations. lose every game. I, oh, me too. I hate yeah. Tennessee baseball. Worse I than hated I, them before they did that. Anyways, no, no, no. no. But, but I, I super hate them now. I hate Tennessee baseball worse than I hate Florida baseball. That's Yeah. That's big for me. Yeah. That, that means a lot. That means a lot. You said you had one more. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. We don't. Have, we don't have to. Uh, Trent Dilfer not being impressed by Tom Brady. Yeah, and, whatever. And, yeah, Dilfer's yeah. Come on, man. Get over yourself. Dilfer's an idiot. Yeah. Hey, if, it. You, if you stuck with us this long, listen, we're only here like every two weeks, man. Yeah. Sorry. So we're trying to give hey, you good what's, content. What, what's our maternity leave policy? Ooh. Asking for a friend. I don't know. What's in the? Do we have bylaws? Yeah. What does our insurance say? Yeah, I don't our know. Our sons of Swanee insurance. Yeah. I think we'll give you six weeks. Okay. We'll give you six weeks. Okay. We'll have to go remote. Not not right now, but but you know we're we're getting there. April twelfth. Mm-hmm. April twelfth. Target date. Yeah. Good times. All right, buddy. Yeah. Well, wish the Vic luck. I mean, it could happen this weekend. Yeah. At there Miami could be some game. amniotic amniotic fluid on the berm. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I feel bad for that custodian. Things are getting interesting. <laughs> things are getting interesting. Well, hey, thanks for sticking with us. We'll update you on wrestling. We'll update you on the rest of it, and I'll continue to tell people to get off my lawn. And until next time. Go dogs. Pleased to be joined this week by Swanee Wrestling Head Coach John Wainwright. Had nine kids qualify for state, and we are here to discuss the regionals that they just went through and kind of preview what state is going to bring them. So, Coach Wainwright, thank you for joining us on Sons of Swanee. Thank you, TJ, and thank you, Hunter, for having me on. Um, yeah, we had a we had a good region this year. Um, qualified nine kids. Uh, we got. 106 through 170 we missed out on our big boys there's they still hadn't got to that talent level yet but uh you know taking the kids this year you know we've traveled pretty hard down south and they've pretty much seen the type of competition from charlotte and manatee and port charlotte and these teams down here these big 3a schools miami columbus um so regions was was like a relief for them this year uh it was it was not where i normally take them but uh no we had a good region ended up winning it i think first time swanee's won a region since around 2005 i think that's the last time we could even find the spot where swanee had won um so you know we, we've got the kids back where they should be um you know I think we're really in a good spot this weekend down here at state. I honestly think three to five kids could roll into the finals if they do what they're supposed to do. And, and, and I mean, just get out there and and lay it all on the line. Um, I think each one of them's got a shot to getting in, you know, getting into the finals. And we got a couple of them like Marshall there at 145. He's got, he's got three state champions. (laughs) <laughs> in his bracket I mean he had a kid from not bad enough we had two Florida state champions in that bracket a kid from Virginia moved down that's a state champ and uh, so he's got a tough road there at 145 but those middleweights are they're always the toughest that's where all your athletes are well coach but, uh, oh sorry coach go ahead go ahead oh no I would you had answered several of my questions that I had and but I did want to ask you kind of kind of about that you know you mentioned the first regional title since 05, and I know you've been back a few years now, and I know previously, last year we had talked, and even you and I had talked over the summer one time with, with the little guys wrestling about yeah. kind of your goals to bring this back to where it is now. And did it happen as quickly as you thought it would with this group? I mean, did you see this coming this year? I, You know, honestly, I did. You know, it, the, the system is a three- to four-year system. Um you know, I hate to bring it. I did the same thing with Wakulla. It's that three to four, that three to four years. If the kids would just stay with you and not quit, and we all know as coaches, it doesn't matter what sport. If you can just keep the kids grinding and working, you can you can really produce some really good athletes. Um, and you know, when I seen it over the summer is when we finished state last year. And, you know, we finished like, say, March 4th. Well, Monday was March 6th. So the kids were in there in the room with me. We were back at practice. 
and we were hitting the weights from March all the way to November, and that's the big thing. We just weren't strong enough. I told you guys last year that probably some of the weakest kids you know I've ever had, and we had to live in the weight room for six, seven, eight months to get them back up there. Now, and they know, they know. You know, I've took them down, like I said, to Charlotte, and when you match up with that type of caliber of kid, you understand real quick. I've got to get a lot stronger, and they did. And you know. Putting in that six months over the summer, that's hard on coaches, um, tough on me, but um, tough on every one of them that, that, that were able to get up there. Adam Bricker and Sean Brown showing up for the club practice, you know, keeping these young kids going. So it really helped out. And, you know, halfway through the year after Super 32 qualifier, we knew we had some good kids. You know, we were competing again. Um, we weren't getting blew out 14 to nothing. You know, we, we might get beat, but we're losing, you know, in overtime or, or a three to two match. Well, coach, I know that's something that I, I've talked about on the podcast just from talking with you where you, you shoot it straight. And, you know, it's not to say anything, you're not saying anything bad yes. about the wrestlers, but a couple of years ago, we would be talking during the off season or whatever, just catching oh. up, and you'd be like, "Man, we're not where we need to be." But no. our pretty early, like you just said, Coach, no. right after this past year, you you were quick to say, "We're where we're we want to be." Yeah, and I, I, I think coming. just Coach, I mean, you, you kind of I, I figured you might take a little yeah. subtle dig at them. You, you beat Wakulla by forty points. That was a team that was in second yeah. place for regional. So I mean, that's a school that right. you're quite familiar with. So for yeah. you to get Swanee back where we used to be at over a school right. that. You used to control yourself at Wakulla High School. Right. You know, I think that speaks for, you know, like you just said, that three- to four-year process that you and your guys have gone through. Yeah. No, it's it, the kids have worked hard, and um, you know, we have come a long ways. I, you know, I, I'm really hard on them, and I am straightforward. In fact, Coach Howard gets home to me all the time. He goes, you're just too blunt. <laughs> I kind of know. I said the kids, the kids catch it all the time. But um, – you know they they really um they you know in this sport when you're one-on-one it's just a completely different type of sport um there's no one to blame but yourself right so when you're blunt with them like that and they, they they grow up a little quicker and once they grow up a little bit quicker then we can compete at a national level which we're looking at taking about six seven kids to senior nationals junior nationals at the end of march and, you know, I wouldn't have done that in the first three years. I didn't have kids I could take. But now we've got kids that are qualified and kids that can get there and they win some matches. So now we'll, you know, we'll head up to Virginia Beach after we finish the state championships and let some college coaches look at us and, and start getting some of these kids recruited now. Well, John, you've got nine guys down there. So, I mean, I'll just come out and ask it, you know, how do you feel about this weekend? What is what is a good weekend for us? What does a great weekend look like for us? Honestly, a great weekend for us is top five. Um, it has changed so much since I wrestled, um, since I coached Wakulla, you know, from six to like 11 and 12. The, 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 <clears throat> the landscape has changed. You, you've got kids who it's kind of like the portal and – NCAA football. So you'll have a team that's loaded, and then all of a sudden they've got three and four state place kids moving into that school. So now you've got 12 state placers on one team. And we've never had to deal with this before. And I mean, we're, we have no one moving into Live Oak, as you guys know. <laughs> there's, there's no right. one moving in, no wrestlers at least. So, you know, you've got to build your team and even qualifying nine, I mean, nine is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, that, that is a yeah. really good year. I don't care if I was doing it this year or if I did it 10 years ago. Nine kids is really good coming out of a region. And to say, you know, we can only get into top five is kind of disappointing. But the type of level, the level of competition that we're looking at, it's really good. And, you know, if, if we break that top five, I'm going to be excited with the kids. And uh, they, they've, they, they've had a really good tournament. Um, you know, and I'm telling you, there's two or three of them that if they surprise them, we could be right there at it. We could be pushing one, two, or three up in there. And uh, because, you know, we'll be matching up with them in the semis. 
Yeah, John, and, and, you know, you have a good mix. You have your seniors, but you also have, you know, kind of half and half. You yeah. have half seniors, you have yeah. half hundredclassmen. And we knew yeah, about yeah. a lot of these guys coming into the year. You knew about Austin McKinnick. You knew about Brody Beam. You knew about Austin Howard. You knew about yeah. a lot of these guys. Has there been a guy this year who has kind of surprised you and you said, you know what, man, that kid has really taken a step that I didn't see coming that maybe just somebody that you want to mention as someone yeah. to be an example for that of, hey, keep grinding because this can happen for you. Absolutely. And it's hard for me to pick one because we've had like three or four turn that corner. I always tell parents, they're always asking me, what do you see? What do you see? And I'm like, I'll, I'll tell you when I see it. But when they turn that corner, I'll tell you, they just turned the corner. And Justin Contreras and Marshall White, have been, they're right there. Those two kids are just about turning the corner. You know, just like you said, Austin, Austin, and Brody, they turned the corner last year. Mm-hmm. They're there. They're in the top three, top four in the state, and that's phenomenal. I mean, when you get top three and top four, you're – I mean, there's just nobody any better than you. You're just right there with them. And Justin and Marshall are just moving right there on that tail. I mean, they are – they're, and they're both sophomores. So, you know, we got two more years with those kids. And summer, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be phenomenal to watch this team next year. Yeah, and I'm and I really I think that's a testament, Coach. You know, you had mentioned some guys before with the club stuff, and it's a shame that we have these conversations now because, like you said, if this was the the late '90s, early 2000s, we're probably talking about a chance at the state title this week. But because oh, of the of the way the the portal, if you will, high school, college, whatever, right. is now, that makes things difficult. But I still think you know we we joked about it in football a few years ago, call ourselves the public school state champs. You yep. could almost still do that, like the old school state champs, because these are kids born and bred right here. And so right. I just, you know, for you and your staff, and what I love seeing is I go up there to the sailor, and like you say, I see Adam Bricker, I see Sean Brown, I see your nephew, I see Brian, I see yep. Logan Register, I see all these guys, you know, and it's that wrestling community. And it, and it really takes that. And so just I just want to congratulate you and Rod and the job y'all have done because – I. I don't know if people understand how hard this is and how impressive it is to flip this back right. around. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we and we flipped it pretty quick. Uh, that you know, coming here that first year, I probably told TJ things we don't want to say on there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was extremely worried after going halfway in that first year, but the things started settling down and we started moving forward, and and people, you know, kind of started buying in, but. I think everybody's kind of bought into the new system now, and it's uh, it's moving forward. We've got several young kids coming up that I'll be talking about over the summer and this next year that's really going to hit, um, you know, little Rylan Milan. People don't even know that name, but I promise you by the end of next year they'll know it. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach, uh, we're recording on a Wednesday, for those of you who don't know. We're recording on a Wednesday, so Coach Wainwright and his nine – qualifiers are down there right now just checking to the hotel room so i guess coach uh this is kind of my final question just kind of summarize from where we are right now to this weekend what does your schedule look like and uh you know what can we expect okay big thing is we'll go do roll arounds tonight uh kids will check their weight make sure we're where we're supposed to be uh we'll weigh in tomorrow we'll have a championship match tomorrow if they win it that's all they'll wrestle tomorrow and then if they lose it they'll have one more match that day so it's double elimination if you lose two you're out of the tournament so hopefully you know we'll pull through tomorrow and then friday's the big day um you'll have another championship round you'll have the semis about 1 30. Uh, all of this is on track wrestling or flow wrestling. You can actually blog on there and you can actually watch us live um, right on your computer at home. Um, so, and then Saturday morning, um, they'll finish up the medal rounds all the way up through eighth place. And then the championship will start at four o'clock. So if we've got kids in the state finals, it'll be right at four o'clock. We'll be getting started on Saturday. All right, good deal. Well, that's Coach Wainwright letting us know what to expect this weekend for State. Coach, thank you for joining us, and best of luck to you and your qualifiers. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. All right, bye-bye.